Good morning. Good morning, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to Essex Church and to this, our community of Kensington Unitarians. Each Sunday we gather here. We're putting time aside from everyday life. We're, we're allowing ourselves time to pause for a while. Time perhaps to reflect on that which is of importance to us. We just heard Ray Vaughan Williams's song, The Call. It's one of his beautiful collection called Five Mystical Songs. The Call. I wonder what's called you here to be today or to listen to this service in a podcast at some future time. My hope is that something in this time that we spend together will touch a particular interest or concern of yours. Something will speak to you personally and be of value on the unfolding path of your life. And our chalice flame is lit. It's reminding us that we're part of a progressive religious community the world over. A Unitarian community that encourages us to be ourselves and accepts us for who we are. Whatever state we're in, whatever stages of life we're at, whatever is going on in our lives at this moment, and wherever we are on that roller coaster of human highs and lows, there is a place for you here. Welcome. Welcome to you all, fellow travellers, on this journey that is life. And now I get to, uh, to tell a story. It's, this is the first story in a collection put together by someone called Art Lester, who used to be minister here, and he's now the minister in Croydon. And I saw Art the other day and his wife, Jilly. They send greetings to all who remember them. Now, Art, those of you who know him, will know, Art tells a very good story. And if you look at the title of this particular story, you'll notice he understands that all the best stories, all the best stories start with once upon a time. And they end with, and they all lived happily ever after. Mm -hmm. And this story is of a kingdom. Um, a kingdom where the trusted advisor and companion of old, of the king, had just died. And along with his sorrow at losing this old friend, the king was terribly concerned that he was never going to find anybody who would match up to that advisor. Nobody could replace him. So he decided to devise a test to try and sort out who was going to take over. He chose two old timers and he chose one young man who until recently had been tutor to the king's children. And he announced that he was going to make a journey to visit a cousin in another country. So he invited the first of the old courtiers to join him in his carriage for the journey. And he said to the would-be advisor, could you shorten the journey for me, please? Well, Believing that the king wanted him to demonstrate his knowledge of all the roads of the kingdom, he set off on a most perilous but very straight track that went through all briar patches and ghastly rutted bits and it all got a bit out of hand and eventually the king shouted, stop, take me back. He turned to the second potential advisor and he said, 
Can you take me to the next country? And could you shorten the journey for me, please? Well, that was it. Out the advisor got, up, took the reins from the uh, coach driver and set off at a tremendous pace. It was scary. He was going voomph like that. But the king was being jolted all over the place. He couldn't stand it any longer. Stop, he said. Take me back. And so it was. The young tutor got his chance to shorten the journey for the king. And they sat in that coach together, <coughs> set off on the journey. The king reminded him of the task. Please shorten the journey for me. The tutor thought for a while and then he went. Once upon a time, <laughs> and he told a story so engrossing, with so many twists and turns and hidden meanings, that, you know, the journey was over in a flash, and he became the next trusted advisor. I'm inviting you to join in some time of reflection and prayer. Let's settle ourselves in readiness for that. Let's get these bodies of ours as comfy as we can. Let's find a stillness and a focus. A focus that allows us to align ourselves with that which we hold to be of highest worth. Be that our shared humanity. Be that buildings like this, made sacred by all those who use such a space for so many different purposes. Be that the God of our hearts and our understanding, or the highest impulses within yourself. Let's quieten ourselves and turn inwards. as we consider the unfolding paths of our lives, let us each acknowledge where we are in life. And no doubt there will be some tough stuff that our particular stage of life brings us. For no human life is without struggle. And let us take a, a few moments of stillness to, to honour any regrets we might feel for, for the choices we should or should not have made. For what life is without error or regret? And let us remember those we travel this life with. For though our path is ours and ours alone, yet all are part of a woven web of care and kinship, of shared experiences and concerns. And if you're in the mood for gratitude, let's give thanks.
for those who both support and challenge us. For a human life needs both in order to grow. And if you wish, I, I invite you to widen your awareness to our wider world. May all the world's leaders remember their shared responsibility towards human flourishing. May they rise above petty self-interest and align themselves as we do now to the greater good. And may fresh insights inspire them and us this day. And may we, by our small actions, ease the suffering of another this day. Amen. Let me not live in a surprise-free world. Grant me childish glee, as if I saw the world for the first time. Allow me the joy of seeing old things in new light, be it the tree at my window, the every Monday task at hand, my companion for a generation. Fling off the blinkers of habit that turn my gaze and limit my view, that restrict my world simply because I have seen it before. Help me shed the fetters of routine that threaten to make one day like another, that reduce all persons to lowest common denominators, that measure time by the hands of a clock. Simply furnish me with new words to celebrate the fresh surprise of every day, or if not, let me hear the old words with new ears. Let me sing the old songs as if for the first time. Strengthen me so that I refuse to succumb to the lures of a flat universe that has no room for surprise. Imagine, imagine having a, a map of your life in progress. I think mine would be looking a bit ragged at the edges by now. <laughs> it would have got wet a few times. Imagine having that map of your life so far and telling someone of your journey. I wonder what landmarks you'd point out to them, what, what particular features of your life's landscape can explain who you are and how you are this day. Minister Victoria Safford does just this in this reading. Map of the Journey in Progress by Victoria Safford. <clears throat> Here is where I found my voice and chose to be brave. Here's a place where I forgave someone against my better judgment and I survived that and unexpectedly, amazingly, 
I became wiser. Here's where I was once forgiven, was ready for once in life to receive forgiveness and to be transformed. And I survived that also. I lived to tell the tale. This is the place where I said no, more loudly than I thought I ever could. And everybody stared, but I said no loudly anyway, because I knew it must be said. And those staring settled down into harmless, ineffective grumbling. And over me they had no power anymore. Here's a time, and here's another, when I laid down my fear and walked right into it. Right up to my neck, into that rolling water. Here's where cruelty taught me something. And here's where I was first astonished by gratuitous compassion, and I knew it for the miracle it was, the requirement it is. It was a trembling time. And here, much later, is where I returned the blessing clumsily. It wasn't hard, but I was unaccustomed. It cycled round, and as best I could, I sent it back on out, passed the gift along. This circular motion around and around has no apparent end. Here's a place, a murky puddle, where I stumbled more than once and fallen. I don't know yet what to learn there. On this side, I was outraged and rage sustains me still. It clarifies my seeing. And here's where something caught me, a warm breeze in late winter, birdsong in late summer. Here's where I was told that something was wrong with my eyes, that I see the world strangely, and here's what I said. Yes, I know. I walk in beauty. Here is where I began to look with my own eyes and listen with my ears and sing my own song, shaky as it is. Here is where, as if by a surgeon's knife, my heart was opened up here and here and here and here. These are the landmarks of conversion.
Uh, here at uh, Essex Church, as you may know, we follow monthly ministry themes, and this month's theme is Choices and Decisions. Each week in our services, we'll be approaching this theme from another angle, and the, the reading and the thinking that I've been doing about this topic so far is revealing it to be a most interesting subject indeed. Because, of course, we humans have to make decisions many times every day, each one of you has chosen to get out of bed. <laughs> to have or not to have some breakfast. You've chosen what to wear, who to speak to or smile at or not as you've arrived here. Some of you have chosen where to sit and others of you have been forced into the less comfortable seats. <laughs> You've chosen whether to join in singing hymn words when you perhaps don't know the tune. And if you're listening to this service via a podcast, you could switch it off right now. That's how powerful we humans are. And if you're sitting here in church, you could now decide, do you know, I've heard Sarah say this half a dozen times before at least, this is a Unitarian community. They won't think badly of me if I close my eyes and have a little snooze as long as I wake up in time for the collection and the coffee afterwards. And I listened to my ministry colleague Jane's podcast of last week's service. And if you weren't here, I highly recommend it to you. Choose your own adventure. What struck me, well, many things struck me as I listened to that last week's service, but one thing really stood out, and that is how our age and our stage of life and indeed our cultural and economic positions play a big part in how we view this topic of choices and decisions. I really do seem to have lived quite a long time now. And looking back at the map of my life, it's now more apparent than it was at the time the significant part that chance has played, that fortune, good or bad, in the unfolding path of my particular life. So I wonder how you see the relative influence of choice and chance and cause or necessity in your own life's journey. Something to talk about over that cup of coffee later. Two sayings often pop into my mind these days. John Lennon's life is what happens as we're busy making other plans, which I find particularly poignant as, as his was a life cut far too short, wasn't it? And I've always wondered what creativity there was still to emerge from him. 
And the other saying that stays with me is, if you want to make God smile, tell her your plans, <laughs> which is, has proved a very useful check on my own scheming mind. It's a helpful reminder that there's, there's more going on in this complex world than my, only li my own little projects and dramas, precious though they are to me. I think a lot these days about the, the strength and the limitations of, of the human will with its remarkable ability to get things done alongside a, an equally remarkable ability to fool itself, to, to think it knows best and, and to overreach itself and then lead us into messes of our own creating. And I wonder if this is a particular problem of our age and our culture, that we have an overinflated sense of our own abilities and, and we find ourselves from time to time willing what cannot be willed, if that makes sense to you. I've been reading about the work of psychoanalyst Dr. Leslie Farber this week and his idea that we live in an age of disordered will where we confuse what we have power over and what we do not. Some small examples that he uses. We can use our willpower to go to bed. That doesn't mean we'll get to sleep, as quite a few of us will tell you if you ask us about our sleep issues. We can read a book, but it doesn't necessarily mean we'll understand what we read. We can seek pleasure but it doesn't necessarily bring us happiness. And our busy minds think they can control all sorts of areas of existence by worrying, by what's sometimes described as overthinking. But of course we can't. And our worries bring us a gnawing condition of anxiety, which is so very prevalent amongst many of us today. So as an antidote to that anxiety, here are a few teachings chosen somewhat randomly, some ancient, some modern, that can help us on life's unfolding path. Last week, Jane mentioned Susan Jeffers and her suggestion that instead of a no-win approach to decision-making, you, you develop a no-lose view instead. Whenever you find yourself at a decision-making point, Trust that whatever decision you make will be okay. It'll be a path you can work with, a path you can walk along and develop as you go. Another teaching I appreciate Susan Jeffers for introducing me to is one she learned from Ram Dass, a, a remarkable spiritual teacher in my view. And this teaching is that when we find ourselves agonizing over a decision to be made, he suggests that we take a step back in our thinking and we say hmm I wonder what Susan is going to do this simple trick of thought makes us step back from the drama and be the observer rather than the lead actor and it can help us in life's ghastly moments too well it certainly helped me when the proverbial shit is truly hitting the fan, we can ask ourselves, I wonder what's going to happen next, rather than being so involved in the drama that we cannot think at all. The truth for most of us, most of the time, is we really don't know. We don't know 
what Susan is going to do, or Sarah, or anyone else. We don't know what's going to happen next. The future hasn't happened yet. It's unfolding, it's emerging as we go. Um, another approach to decision-making um, that's helped me over the years is, is to sit with not knowing for a while. And instead of, of, of thinking, I must now decide in that very conscious way, instead simply wait and let a choice emerge. This is sometimes as described as a, a process of discernment and it appeals to me greatly because I think one of its underlying principles is that there are many more factors and interests in play than simply my own little world view. If we truly believe that we are all connected and that all life is one, then isn't it helpful to align ourselves and our interests with something greater than just us? I mean, this is similar to the Taoist teaching of unfolding that's so well expressed in the quotation on the front of today's um, order of service from the Tao Te Ching. The master allows things to happen. She shapes things as they come. She steps aside and lets the Tao do its work. The Tao is the way, the path, and it's the travellers, all who are flowing along the way. Sometimes we're floating serenely, sometimes we're paddling furiously, trying to get back upstream, or we're trying to reach a particularly nice bit of riverbank that we've just aspired and felt particularly attracted to. Because this is similar to the Buddhist teaching of uh, Dukkha, that our suffering in life comes from our attachment to preferred outcomes, to preferred bits of riverbank, and our resisting of that which is. I've known people find great ease in learning to choose that which is, to move towards the inevitable rather than kicking against it. Of course, we have our preferences. We're human after all. We have our opinions, we have our likes and dislikes. But facing, acknowledging, accepting that which is can be a gift of great, great peace. So as we travel the unfolding paths of our lives, I hope we'll be open to life's surprises. I hope we'll be willing to be amazed and delighted by the unexpected. And I hope we'll have chance to tell our stories to the companions we walk alongside. For though we walk the path together, yet our experiences, our perspectives are uniquely our own, are they not? And when we share our stories, we celebrate and we honour the great mystery that is life itself. Thank you, my fellow travellers. Amen. Amen. There are many ways to step into the unknown and all of them are okay. We can step trepidatiously, audaciously, with a flourish or a whimper, with a roar or a song. In the week ahead, let us find the courage to make the steps that need to be taken, to embrace the inevitable changes that are rolling towards us, and to do what we can 
to support one another along the way. Knowing in our deepest core that we can indeed all walk in the warming light of love, even on the greyest of days. Amen. Amen. Go well and blessed be.